At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Two of the nightcap. One hour goes by, Sean. That means we're that much closer to Wild Card Weekend. And Wild Card Weekend will start off the Cincinnati Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders. And I have to once again give uh, props as we bring in our next guest, Adam Hill. Maybe you, you can utilize this, Adam, in a column in the Las Vegas Review Journal. I got this tweeted to us. Nobody in human history has ever sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game. The Bengals' last playoff win was 1991, and the first ever text message sent was 1992. So there you go. little nugget for your next column. What was that text message that the Bengals will never win a playoff game again? <laughs> I, I, have, I have a vision, and that the Bengals will never win a playoff game again. Adam Hill joining us, and uh, Adam... You know, going back to Sunday night, I mean, that game was had everything in it, it. Unbelievable. And how does this Raiders team channel that energy? Everything put into that game. You get the win. And now you get the early slate on Saturday. How do they turn around and keep carrying this, this momentum, this four-game winning streak into Saturday afternoon in Cincinnati? Yeah, I think you have to go back a little further to really answer that question. But I'll start with, you know, I've talked to, I don't know, a thousand people this week that have told me that's the best game they've ever seen. Uh, Speak for yourselves as somebody that was on deadline and had to keep changing my story (laughs) 18 times. uh, I didn't get to fully. I'm just how you're watching games and people. I don't think watch watch games the same way we do as as journalists and as media people. But I didn't fully appreciate how great the game was. I mean, to me, it was every single moment kind of, you know, changing the narrative, changing my story. And it was, it was so stressful that you couldn't appreciate. It. I did go back and watch it and it was incredible. And, and just the, you know, the stakes that were on the line and everything that was involved uh, had to be, you know, the most exciting NFL game I've covered in, you know, three, three plus years on the beat. So uh, yeah, it was crazy. But to your question, it's something that I've asked every single player and coach that I've talked to this week. And, and it goes not really channeling that four game winning streak, but beyond that, it's for a lot of teams, the 
making the playoffs is kind of a foregone conclusion. It's a given. Like you start the year and you expect that you're going to make the playoffs. This team had some aspirations for that, but there were certainly times in the year where this seemed like a pipe dream. I mean, Gruden, Gruden has to resign and, you know, all the craziness that came with that. And then the horrible tragedy involving Henry Ruggs, of course. And, you know, you not only have the emotions of that situation, but also losing your best weapon on the outside. Like that was a major loss for them. And, you know, Alec Ingold, I don't know how many people got to see this around the country, but Alec Ingold actually wrote a letter to fans in Las Vegas uh, on Sunday morning that we published in the newspaper. And it just kind of said like, hey, thank you guys for sticking with us. We're trying to win you over. And it, it did talk about what that locker room went through. And after the Henry Ruggs accident, this team lost five of six. You can see it up there uh, on the screen for those that are watching. They lost five of six. And after that Chiefs game in Kansas City, when they got blown out, I mean, the season was over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I was I was already looking at, at flights to Cabo and, <laughs> you know, getting ready for the offseason. And, like, it was it. It was done. How are they going to recover? Losing five of six, being way on the outside looking in, basically needing to win four games in a row to close the season. And you've got, you know, one of those games at Cleveland, which is completely in the race at that time. One of the games against the Colts, which at, at the time – I thought might have been playing the best of anybody in the AFC. And then, of course, the Chargers, who are finally getting healthy at the end of the year. So of those four games, I thought three were going to be very difficult. The Broncos game, of course, ended up being Drew Locke, and and it was more winnable. But, you know, I I thought that was a completely uphill battle. So I think one of the things they have to do here is protect against being, you know, protect against the thought that, hey, they they accomplished something. Because they did. I mean, they absolutely accomplished something by doing this, but you can't believe that. Like, you can't rest under laurels. You've got to continue to play the way that you've been playing, and that's going to be the difficult challenge they have this week. Uh, update on the injury front regarding the Raiders, uh, Adam. Uh, Darren Waller played uh, not as productive. You would presume that he wouldn't be coming off of that, you know, stint of missed games. How did he come out of the game? And also, Darius Pylon went down in the game. Any update on inst- on that injury? Yeah, Darius is done. Um, it, it, they're, they're still waiting on, you know, the surgery and a lot of the testing, but it, it, he's done for this season. It, it looks like an ACL, uh, that, you know, that will keep him out the rest of the year and then he'll get ready for training camp next year. As far as Darren Waller goes, yeah, he was clearly not himself. And, and it, this was not a case where he got a couple of practices in and tried to get on the field. He really hadn't done anything for a month and he ran a couple of routes last week. They tested out, you know, the knee issue and it's a very, you know, it's kind of a weird injury. Uh, that he has that is not a usual typical you know you where you know the timeline of when somebody's going to be back um they really didn't know and he didn't know and a lot of the work he was doing was in the pool in the gym uh wasn't really on the field at all so i don't think it was very surprising that he was completely out of sync and Derek carr was out of sync with him like he wasn't on the same page and i shot you know a lot better than i do but i you know it looked like guys that had not thrown the ball between one another in a while. And he didn't quite know when he was coming out of the route and he didn't know, you know, when to, when to throw it to him. Like it seemed like they were completely out of sync. Um, I would think that practice this week will help that Darren said he came out feeling pretty good. Uh, The coaches were pleased with how he felt, not necessarily how he played and how he fit into the offense, but definitely with how he felt. And I think that's the important thing. I expect a much, much different uh, connection between Darren Wall and Derek Carr this week. Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on the Nightcap. Adam, I went back and rewatched the regular season matchup between the Bengals and Raiders last night. A couple things jumped out. Defensively, they did an excellent job on Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. He only threw for 148 yards. Much more tighter game than the ultimate score uh, would, would represent. Also, Josh Jacobs rushed nine times for 37 yards. Then you fast forward, last three weeks of the season, he's rushed for 324 yards. What has changed 
in the Raiders' run game that's made it so effective when it was a, a real liability through the majority of the season? Well, I mean, for one thing, Josh Jacobs is, is just – he's running like a man possessed right now. I mean, uh, he's on a mission, and he's talked about that. He said, you know, one of the things he's talked about is, I know this team brought me in to be a closer. Whether that's in a game or a season, that's what my job is, and that's what they wanted me to do. So, you know, fourth quarters – uh, last four games of the season, playoff games, like that is what he believes his job is. And I think he is he is running at a different level. Uh, but I think it really starts with that offensive line, which was so bad for much of the season. And in fact, you know, Josh Jacobs uh, did something I've never heard him do before in the couple of years that he's been here that I've been covering him. He came out after one of the games and just really expressed frustration and said, I want you guys as media to watch the tape and tell me what I'm supposed to do. Tell me what I'm supposed to do behind this offensive line. There's nothing there. And, and I don't think it was it was whining. I think it was he was trying to send the message to the offensive line and made sure it got out publicly that, hey, they've got to be better. And it's worked. I mean, they've been better. And they haven't been great. And they haven't been you know necessarily dominant for four quarters. But every game you see a quarter or two or even maybe three quarters where they are really opening lanes. They're really playing at a high level. Alex Leatherwood was moved to guard, you know, after they drafted him to be a tackle. He's moved to guard. He's been better. Brandon Parker had a couple of really nice games. He's had, you know, as a season, he's not been very good. But a couple of games, he's looked really good. Colt Miller on the left side has been good pretty much all season long. Andre James, really the guy that I think uh, you have to circle and say he really struggled. They, they, you know, they turned the center position over to him. Um, you know, they moved on uh, from Rodney Hudson and said, hey, this is our guy. Uh, we want him to be the, the center of the future. And he did not adjust well the first half of the year. But the second half of the year, he's been a different player. Um, he has been a much, much better player, not only at, at blocking, uh, but knowing his assignments, getting everybody in the right spots and just firing off the, off the line. And I think you really saw that if you want a, a signature play out of Andre James, it was on that third and 23 draw play late in the first half. Uh, where they give they give, give the ball to Jalen Rashard. I don't think anybody in the world thought they were going to pick up the 23 yards, but Andre James got to the second level, handled a couple of defenders, really opened things up, and I think you saw uh, that maturing of Andre James throughout the season, and that's been a big factor in the running game getting going. Well, Adam, I am actually playing Raiders money line. It's my second best bet of the weekend. My best bet. You, hold on, you you never want me to go on vacation, do you? Absolutely you want me not. To keep working. The rest of this is nuts. Hey, hey, get used to it, man. If you were down in Tampa, you wouldn't plan vacation until March because you know it's, it's championship or bust. Uh, having said that, Rich Basaccia is the first interim head coach in the National Football League to take over mid-year since 1960 and lead his team to the playoffs. Where do they sit now with Rich Basaccia and the opportunity to be the long-term answer and head coach? Have you gotten any update on where we're at with that? Not really. And, you know, Mark Davis, the couple of times that I've talked to him both on and off the record, has just said, listen, this, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to make any decisions until the season is over. Um, I don't think anybody foresaw this. I don't think anybody in the building, if you ask them, you know, the players, of course, the coaches had belief, but I think, you know, front office, I don't think anybody believed fully if you would have made them bet that they were going to win the last four games of the year and get into the playoffs, uh, would have made that bet. So I think things have changed, plans have changed, and there's discussions going on about what they should do going forward. Um, you know, I, I I thought that it was very obvious that they were going to move on from both Mike Mayock and Rich Passaccia, the GM and the, and the interim coach um, at this point. I think that they can actually walk in after the season, whenever that is, if if it's if it's Sunday after they lose on Saturday, or you know after 
um, you know, the Super Bowl in your mind, I guess they're going to keep going on and winning <laughs> all these games. Um, but whatever that is, they can go in and say, hey, look, look what this team went through. And, you know, if you want to pin it on and say, hey, look, some of the players that you chose might not have been the, the, the right players, but like this has worked. They found a way. They overcame things that no other team has gone through ever and found a way to make to the playoffs. So what better resume could you possibly turn in? It's not hypothetical. It's not, this is what I would do. They can say, this is what we did. This is how we, you know, righted the ship and got this team to the playoffs. So they have a strong case to make. Uh, but I will also say, you know, you don't have to look much further than Mark Davis's other team. And I, I don't know how many people know this or pay attention or follow. The aces. Mark Davis, Mark Davis does on the aces and he, Got rid of a very, very successful coach in Bill Lambeer to make a big, splashy hire this year in Becky Hammond. Could we see the same thing? Yeah, I think that's possible. He is Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Adam, enjoy Cincy, man. We appreciate it. We'll be back here on the Nightcap. Yep. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch all the replays of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Head to VEASAN.com slash podcast. You'll get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free, available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again to Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal for joining us and giving us his thoughts on the first game of Wild Card Weekend. I'm trying to figure out what is going on in the Maryland Northwestern game. I saw somebody get hit in the back of the head. So so Maryland, it looked like they were just going to salt this one away. We look up and there are technical free throws or Intentional foul free throws. We're trying to figure out what the call was. So there was a flagrant foul. And of course, Northwestern can shoot free throws. Of course. And it is now 72 all. It was 72 to 66, Maryland, with 30 seconds to go. Actually, with 15 seconds to go, Maryland had the ball 
turned it over. Northwestern hit a three, another turnover, then a flagrant foul. They do miss the second free throw. So Maryland's actually got an opportunity to win this game here in regulation against Northwestern. Don't pull up for a three. Go to the goal. Oh, oh God. Overtime. Overtime it is. They kill me when they do that, man. Northwestern went off in this game as a, I believe, five-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought the line was a little large. I didn't play it because uh, apparently I only like to play losers. Well, what am I saying right now? Overtime is where dogs go to die. Who's the dog? That would be Maryland. And I have a money line. I think of Russell Westbrook every time a guard that can't really shoot does that. (laughs) Like PSA to all guards in the game of basketball. With the game on the line and under 10 seconds, if you're not a three-point shooter, don't dribble the clock down to three. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's the And then let go of like this fall away sidestep three. When you can't hit a three, when the ball's been rotated to you and you're stationary and square. That's the pat. Go to the rim. Russell Westbrook, you know, dribble through the legs a couple times. Oh, you know what's coming. Oh, yeah, you know what's coming. Boing. It's like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, Along Came Polly. Rain dance. Nope. And uh, overtime, Northwestern and Maryland. Maryland off to a a 0-4 start in conference play. Northwest. to the fighting Aaron Osters to blow this. It's all his fault. Aaron, Aaron wasn't, I'll give him, I'll give him credit. He's so defeated this year. He knows they stink. He's just hoping for. I have him on the money line. Kevin Willard or. I had stopped Rick watching. Pacino. That's how comfortable I was with the lead. With under a minute to go. I'm trying to watch. Well, the, the, so flavor, here, the flavor happened the on this play. Yeah. He hits him in the back of the head. He's going for the ball, but it's this bogus call, but they called it. Going to overtime. Uh, this number here at Circa went off. Northwestern minus five and a half. We will. The, te- the theory is being put to the test again. And for Sean's sake, I certainly hope it does not come to fruition. I've got no dog in the fight, so might as well, unlike you know some people who cheer against their co-hosts, I like to cheer for my co-host and the opportunity to win. Lies that are told. That is not true. I am, I am pro. When have I ever rooted against you unless night. I was on the other side of the ticket? Last night. What game? Auburn, Alabama. I had Auburn. You did not. I did. You said, I thought about it. But you did not. No, you are a liar. Auburn, you are line. Pinocchio. Your nose is growing. I just right had now. it on a ticket where it had oh, already lost. The, a magical ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Liar. You just. You took the wrong just side. Just a hater. Don't get mad at me. Anyway, I have action going. I need the Coyotes, folks. Plus 270, playing the Maple Leafs. Everybody's skating like you're in slow motion tonight. By the way, I think so you. I don't know if the ice is choppy Aaron or Aaron, just let me know. You kind of you kind of mushed Northwestern there. You said they don't miss free throws, and he missed the second free throw. So good job. You mushed. Uh, so you, it's a mush, even if you're pulling for yourself. Apparently, I have Maryland. I know. Yeah, you did the anti-mush. Right. You were you were trying to speak it into existence, and it worked. I kind of wish you'd have made it. Then maybe uh, Russell Westbrook Jr. would have drove to the goal. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll keep our eyes on a on a on a on a Big Ten game with a combined one and seven yeah. conference record. Only Maryland will recruit guards that can't shoot. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the college basketball slate right now. If anything of of note, um, you know your Dukies take care of business. Yeah, that was easy. Paolo Banquero, uh, no go, Coach K, a little health scare. Yeah. Had John Shire step in. Uh, if they had lost, that that loss would have gone to Pete Gaudet. Not Coach K, but they won. So. I'm not high on my Dukies this year. No. Like, I'm glad that it's Coach K's last year. I'm actually going to uh, 
I think it's their second or third to last home game. They play Florida State, I think. So I'm going to that game. I got my two tickets today. I'm going to see if old Mr. Oh. Jim Caldwell wants to go with me. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate You're it. You're not a Duke fan. I wouldn't take you to a Duke game. Are you nuts? Jim Caldwell's a Duke fan? My guy. Is he a Duke fan? I'm not your guy? Yeah, you're my guy, too. He has a little more tact than you. I don't believe you wouldn't show up in a Notre Dame polo, even though Notre Dame's not oh, playing. come on. Get out of here. I would happily go to Duke and wear royal blue for you. I'm pretty sure in this Coyotes game that the net's moving anytime the Coyotes shoot at it. <laughs> no, seriously. I think they're, they're moving the net like on any shot on goal. All right, anyway, um, I don't, I don't, I don't love what I've seen from my my Dukies. You know, by the way, last night, so uh, this was interesting. You know, we were watching uh, Auburn, Alabama, and I was, I came away very impressed by Auburn, even though I was on Alabama. But the futures market, and and credit to Jim Root a couple weeks ago, he said when you asked the question, mm-hmm. you know, who would be. Uh, a nice long shot to play. And he said Auburn. This was a couple weeks ago. I mean, right now, they probably won't be, but they have a case to be the number one team in the country. Auburn is the longest winning streak going in the country. They've got a legit number one overall NBA draft prospect in Jabari Smith. I mean, it's going to be Chet Holmgren, Hallow from Duke, and I think Smith's going to enter the conversation here. But what was fascinating is last night we were talking about the futures market, and BetMGM had 30 to 1. Nowhere else in town was even really sniffing that. Westgate after the game was down to 16 to 1. Uh, Stations, 15 to 1. South Point, I believe, 16 to 1. Here at Circa, 22 to 1. Aaron and I. Made a little stop on the way home. Mm-hmm. Grabbed a piece of Auburn at 30 to 1. And earlier today, it's down to 20 to 1. I mean, I think this Auburn team, watching it last night, and I try, you know, I try my best. I never want to be a prisoner of the moment because that ends up destroying you in betting, right? We do a whole in the college football season overreaction segment, you know, games to watch out for. Don't get, you know, don't buy too high, don't sell too low, all those types of things. But what I saw from Auburn last night was that's a team with this athleticism, with its length, with its head coach who has led a team less talented to the Final Four just three years ago. I think this team is a legitimate national championship contender mm-hmm. because of they've got a number one overall pick prospect. Walker Kessler was once upon a time a five-star prospect. He did nothing last night. Uh, they've got uh, uh, Green coming off the bench who had 19 points. I think Auburn absolutely is 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 the real deal. Could win the national championship. So there are four teams up there right now that I would advise people it's worth playing a future to win the NCAA's. Last night I went back and watched about seven minutes of actual game time of Texas Tech Baylor. Mm-hmm. So Texas Tech at 35 to 1 to me is a good play. Illinois at 25 to 1, Arizona at 18 and Auburn at 20. So Auburn, Arizona, Illinois, Texas Tech. Those are the four I think 
super value plays where you're getting double-digit odds mm-hmm. on teams that once tournament time comes around have the components, in my opinion, to be really dangerous. Now, a lot of it comes down to the draw. You know, if you're unfortunate to draw Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, then you got to cross that hurdle when you get to it or Purdue. But those are the four teams that I think have a lot of value. You know, I think the Big 12, I think it's proving out right now. Uh, those teams are going to be battle-tested, man. Texas Tech, back-to-back wins over Kansas, and then yesterday against Baylor. Uh, Baylor, Kansas, Texas, um, a lot of teams in that conference. Iowa State, I mean, Iowa State was right there, life and death with Kansas uh, last night. People think they're overrated, overvalued, whatever. But, I mean, I, I've got a ticket on Kansas at 14-1. to 1. I certainly think they've got the capabilities of doing so. They're one of the favorites. If you wanted to throw market. Kansas in there, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I think Kansas yeah. at fifteen to one at DraftKings is is worth it. I mean, I, I bet it at fourteen to one. They've had some ups and downs, uh, but I think they have the ability to turn things around. They just play so many tight games that gets you beat in the tournament. No doubt, no, that's absolutely true. All right, we'll uh, we'll get back to Wild Card Weekend and maybe look ahead a little bit. Some value you can find in the futures market. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. I don't want to say anything yet. I won't. I, I won't, see it. I won't say my expression yet. I see it. Mar- Let's go, Maryland. Turpies battling back. 83 all against Northwestern. What a showdown between the two worst teams in the Big Ten. I take everything back, Aaron. I apologize. <laughs> Maryland's a fine institution of men's basketball. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Sean's got Moneyline, Maryland on that one. They closed uh, at at one spot in town. I see a six, uh, but most spots, Northwestern was a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I think I got plus 205, I think was All right. what it was. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, looks like that was uh, that was the price around town. It was 200 here at, uh, at Circa. So, uh, we're keeping our eye on that game. We got some NBA games going on as we speak as well. Uh, a really good one in Chicago. 71-68 uh, Nets leading the Chicago Bulls. Once again, I don't know why this game started at 9 o'clock Central Time. I mean, obviously, television purposes. Uh, but the Lakers and Kings also battling it out. And that one in the third quarter. Lakers closed a three, three-and-a-half point favorite. All right, Sean, let's get back to the playoffs. We've done a lot of breakdown of the wild card weekend, uh, which will continue, but... You know, in the futures market, your favorite right now to win the Super Bowl, and this isn't that big of a shock, it is the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, as you see those odds right there, at plus 380. That's followed up by the Chiefs at plus 450. The Bills 
and Buccaneers, interestingly enough, at DraftKings have the same odds at 8-1. to one. So I bring that up to throw this at you. Okay. Let's say you like the Packers or you like the Chiefs and you just want a little extra cash, a little extra something-something. Could I entice you in betting Aaron Rodgers to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 450? Patrick Mahomes, instead of 450, you bet 5-1 to one to win Super Bowl MVP. Tom Brady, instead of 8-1, to one, plus 850. Josh Allen, instead of 8-1, to one, plus 850. Or do you think there is someone else, like a Devontae Adams? Could he go nuts? Uh, you look at Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Anything jump out at you when it comes to the Super Bowl MVP odds? No, I think they're about right. I think if uh, you like Green Bay, you know, plus the 350, then I think it makes sense to also play Aaron Rodgers plus 450 in Super Bowl MVP because that's the most likely outcome if Green Bay wins it. The same thing with you know all the other players there and those teams. I mean, take advantage of both. You know, the real... You know, end all be all if you hit the jackpot would be if you like the 49ers who are sitting at 20 to 1 and Jimmy G is at 30 to 1. Mm. You know, if you're looking at for a price, because, you know, with the way that Kyle Shanahan is is designing run plays with Debo Samuel and whoever else is healthy at running back, when the Niners, in my opinion, are capable of making a deep run, you know, they proved a couple years ago that they could get to the Super Bowl with a team very similar to the one that they have now. A lot of the same faces, you know, are still there from that team. So we'll see. And the, part, the issue is they have, they'll have to go on the road three times to right. get there. So that's never easy. Do you think but the 49ers? Value. And the Bucks. If you think the Bucks yeah. are going to replete, plus 800 right now. Yep. I think preseason they were plus 850. Yeah. So, I mean, you're almost getting – the same number now for a team that's in the playoff, that's the number two seed in the NFC that you'd have gotten before anybody played a game. So I think that in and of itself is value if you're a believer, you know, in Bruce Aarons and the Bucks. I think with all the injuries, you know, it's be difficult for them, but they're capable. You know, when looking at the futures market, you mentioned, and I, I like the 49ers. I, I, like I said, I, that was my first gut feel of the weekend and now the market's starting to move towards Dallas. I'm starting to get a little, little uneasy about that situation, but futures wise, San Francisco's 20 to one to win the Super Bowl. Debo Samuels, 80 to one to win Super Bowl MVP. Hmm. Now I, I, I totally recognize that quarterback driven league and, more often than not, the quarterback's going to win MVP of the Super Bowl. Did you watch the game against the... Now, I guess here's the question. If the Rams 49ers game was the Super Bowl, right? does Debo Samuel get MVP or does Jimmy G get it because of the drive that they had well, because of the second at half, the end of the regulation? Jimmy G gets it. So I guess that's my... That's the sticking point. Now, look, 80-1 to is a fun little flyer to have if you believe in the San Francisco 49ers. But if Debo Samuel is not going to win MVP if you use Rams 49ers as an example, then I don't think he's going to win Well, I only think there are three guys, if the 49ers will win the Super Bowl, that could win MVP, and that would be Garoppolo, Debo, or Kittles. Yeah. So if you're going to play San Francisco to win the Super Bowl, why not just put a flyer on Kittles and Debo? That's fine. And then, you know, put a little more on on Jimmy G. I mean, it's unlikely that a defensive player is going to win Super Bowl MVP. 
I mean, it can happen. Right. Dexter Jackson was actually Super Bowl MVP in our win. Mm-hmm. It was our safety. So it can happen. So if you want to bet the defensive end, Bosa, there in San Francisco, then, I mean, that would be the fourth player, but that's about it. By the way, Debo Samuel's numbers were so ridiculous. Ridiculous. He threw a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He caught a touchdown. Dude, I, I'll never forget. We played in the, uh, <laughs> in the Birmingham Bowl against South Carolina. Yeah. And I said that day, I was like, he's the best player on the field. Yeah. And we had dudes. <laughs> but he's really good. I mean, we had he dudes. Is, and he's a truck, man. By the way, uh, your Terps in double over. I see now. it. I see it. I didn't want to look because there's still four minutes left. And I've been here, done that with them tonight already. Um, Did we ever? Yeah, Colorado State won by five. So, going back to San Francisco. So, in case you missed it, Sean has had a, a come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> he's on Cincinnati. Uh, I'm also on San Fran. He, he's on New England. Uh, sorry, he's on Buffalo. And you're on San Fran. So, I, I like San Fran. I played it early. I don't feel great about it, but I... I, I I, I just, I need to see it from Dallas in the playoffs. And look, wild card weekend is always unpredictable. I know this is the shortest dog on the board, so you might say this is the easiest way to, to go. Look, San Francisco preseason was getting a whole lot of love from, you know, from the market. Um, people thought they could win the Super Bowl or win the NFC. Why do you like San Francisco on Sunday. Well, for one, I like teams that come into the playoffs hot. They won eight of their last ten games. Mm-hmm. Getting healthy. They're, yeah. They are healthy. Since they came up with the Debo Samuel package in week ten, he's accounted for 1,006 yards from scrimmage and 11 touchdowns coming down the stretch. And I just think hats off to Kyle Shanahan. And the only thing I would say about Kyle Shanahan is this. I'm very disappointed that he has not found a way to add a Trey Lance Wildcat package. Maybe he's saving it. Well, uh, who do we have from San Francisco on? We had a guest this week from San Francisco. Or that was on Stats. Oh, yeah, Stats. And and remember, Stats said that the reason that Kyle didn't do it was he said he doesn't know how defenses are going to align to the packages. And he's a rhythm play caller, so – he kind of strayed away from it. But I just think that would make them so much more dynamic in the red zone, in their short yardage situations. It gives defenses something else completely different that they have to prepare for, prepare for. I still think Trey Lance did enough off of play action in his start in Jimmy G's absence that you would feel comfortable in a limited you know, portfolio of passing plays of allowing him to even throw the ball in some of those situations. You know, but... You know, I'm, I'm pro San Fran in this game. I am. I'm riding with the 49ers. You know, I think I have a really, really strong opinion on a teaser Hoo-hoo. with my uh, top three teams. Tease Buffalo down. Tease San Francisco up. Tease the Raiders up. I feel really strongly about that. They might even add the Chiefs in and tease them down to a more – yeah. Doable number. Because six gets them through seven. Six-point teaser. Gets the Raiders up to, what's that number, five and a half now? Yeah, get up half. to 11 and a half. Yeah, it gets uh, the Bills down to 
gets them through seven down to. I wouldn't. But well, not the Bills. It gets. It makes them the. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. The you're teasing through zero, which I don't. Which I don't love. You're just covering yourself and adding a little more value, especially if you think Buffalo is going to win. Just take him, do a money line parlay. I'm going to do that already. That's done. <laughs> he's got all. He's, no, he's not, got all sorts I'm of things. I'm out. trying to figure this thing out in my head. It's the nightcap here on Vison. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap on vsin the sports betting network VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 seven video access, the upcoming big game and college Hoop betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. You don't want to miss out on one of our best deals. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. It is the nightcap here on vcin. That is Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Coming up top of the hour, our guy, Kenny White. He will join us. I'm upset with Kenny. Why are you upset with Kenny? Because he said he was coming in the studio. He's got a busy man, you know? Busy man, got a lot going on. Um, but he did come through. His favorite play on the national championship was the under. Held on. Some kind of way. But held on. It did. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, honestly, that was almost a bad beat because of the late pick Oh, I six. know. So, held on, though. Got it home. And, that was uh, a 9-6 game at halftime. End up anywhere close to 51. <laughs> By the way, we're keeping an eye on Sean's bet here. Uh, he's got Maryland on the money line. We're in double overtime free throws for the Terps with 24.7 seconds to go. 90 to 87, Maryland leading. Uh, by the way, uh, we don't have the Laker game on for some reason in, in the sports book, uh, but they have uh, squandered their lead and now down double figures to the Sacramento Kings. And uh, it seems like there are a lot of tweets out there saying Lakers aren't very good. Uh, Brooklyn leading right now 86-75 over the Chicago Bulls. They went off as a one and a half point road favorite against the Bulls. 
So normally on Tuesday, we hit up our overreactions, but it's been a busy week. We had the national championship on Monday, so we bumped it back to Wednesday, Sean. Some overreactions. You know, I'm ha- I was having a hard time. You know, college football gets me in my groove where I'm thinking of I got the juices going. Um, I got a couple rattling around, a couple marbles here, but do you have an overreaction that you are going to unleash on us? Uh, get with me in a second. I'm tweeting Tulane men's basketball. I'm trying to get us some jerseys. Hold on. <laughs> I'm doing the good Lord's work over here. <laughs> Can't you do that during the break? See it over here. Gotta tweet some other people first. I'm talking. I'm talking for like a minute trying to set them up, and I'm just tip tip. Well, I'm not only one of the hosts of the show. I'm the social media guy too. So yeah. Social media guy. All you just do is retweet people all the time. No, that's not true. Sean. Sean has like 18 hour windows where he doesn't go on social media, and then he's just like on not social media nonstop, where he's just firing away on on retweets. So um I I just had a I had a fun overreaction. Um Joe Judge recently uh fired head coach of the New York Giants, rightfully fired head coach of the Giants. You know where he's headed next? The coach's reclamation project. He's gonna be the special teams coordinator for Alabama in 2022 by the way (laughs) he does have ties to alabama and in like four years after they win three national championships joe judge is going to be a a hot commodity again once again bill o'brien is getting interviewed for head coaching positions in the nfl so i'm just waiting for joe judge whether he's going to be an analyst that you don't hear from but joe judge who went to Mississippi State, Sean, was a special teams assistant for Alabama. Okay. Worked with Belichick. Right. Belichick and Saban are, are buddy-buddy. Right. Joe Judge, you may not hear it, but in some form or fashion, he will be a member of the Alabama staff. Maybe he'll be an analyst on their unlimited payroll that they have in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> but he will be headed towards the reclamation project that is the Alabama coaching staff. There you go. Joe Judge, get yourself a job. Just pack up your – don't even call Saban. Just show up. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, ex-NFL head coach. Yeah, okay, we'll find something for you. Yeah, you just get in there. You know what's so interesting about <laughs> Joe Judge? There was no one that I heard that agreed with the Giants hiring Joe Judge to begin with. It was, out of, it was really out of left field. But here's what happens. Like, the amount of money you have to be worth to even remotely get in the conversation to own an NFL team is, like, astronomical. And all of these owners, whatever business it was where they made their money, they know every intricate detail of that business. But then you buy this Fortune 500 company, a.k.a. an NFL team, Mm -hmm. and most of them know nothing, almost extremely little, about actually the game of football. Like, I guarantee there's probably maybe one owner that could get on the board and draw up an under defense oh. and how you adjust to uh, an offense going from two-by-two two to three-by-one. Uh, three when you're worth a billion, you don't need to need to know how to do So my point is when they have to make these hires, they're listening to other people. Mm-hmm. 
I'd love the Mara family to come out and say, okay, who in your friend circle said that Joe Judge should have been the head coach of the New York Giants? Belichick. No, Belichick didn't tell him that. No, no. <laughs> I, I really want to know. Like, who was it? And I say that to say, are you still listening to that person this time around? <laughs> Because the one thing I found in corporate America when I made my little foray into it is that people forget who said what in board meetings. And it's not like sports where you can go in, okay, uh, Atlanta played the Eagles, and we'll just go look it up. Yeah. And it has every intricate detail in, of, of, of that game. It, it, opinions in rich people's circles, it gets shady. Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? This time, you know what? We should go and hire Joe Judge Jr. <laughs> We had the right family, wrong son. No, but I mean, I, this is something that never should have happened in the first place. It still baffles me that guys that are, you know have been that successful in one business can fail so often, you know, in another. And, and well, re- remember they had Ben McAdope as the coach yeah. before him, yeah. so they have been. Just, I mean, they since some better friends. since Coughlin left, I mean, I mean, it's like. They're sitting here waiting for a fastball, and you throw them a, a breaking ball, and they're just swinging uh, over here. And so. if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Aaron or Tim, you guys let me know if this – I thought I saw a report that said Bill Polian is helping the Morrow family lead this coaching search, if I'm not mistaken. I, I didn't see that. Yeah. Wouldn't I, shock I'm, me. I'm pretty sure – you know, I saw, I saw that report. So He's helping the Bears. the Bears. He's helping the Bears. Okay, so the Bears actually did attempt to go and get somebody to actually – Got, got some have, understanding. By the way, of, we have of, some of odds for who will be the next head coach of the Giants. Brian Dable, speaking of Alabama, former Alabama offensive coordinator, now the OC of the Buffalo Bills. He is the favorite, according to BetMGM. Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach, 4-1. to one. Brian Flores, I think. I mean, Flores makes a lot of sense. Uh, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me let me change the narrative here. Okay. Why would you want the Giants' job? Didn't we just go over the fact that they have negative three million dollars in cap space? You yeah. have no mobility to upgrade top, that roster. Well, you got two top ten picks in a year where oh. you don't have a quarterback, and there is no one really that's jumping off the screen as a can't miss guy. Granted, there are some guys that I think are going to be good players, but there isn't like a definitive number one quarterback, well, i.e. why most people have defensive linemen going with the top two picks and potentially an offensive lineman at number three. So I'm just, I'm just saying you might not be able to feel your quarterback issue through this draft. You might be able to get a good player. There may be a good quarterback at some point, but it's not like, in my opinion, there's a no-brainer, can't-miss franchise-changing quarterback. Well, I think – well, there's two three questions. There's two reasons. One is there's only 32 of these jobs. Right. Which is what you hear all the time. They fire you quick in the NFL. They do fire you quick, but those those checks get cashed even when you get fired. Right. But there's six jobs available. The NFC East is, in my opinion, very gettable. And I think if you... Even with Philly's ascension and the, the youth... Yeah, that they have on their Philly, roster. Philly, I mean, if you look, I like get better. I like Philly, and I think they will get better when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who's young, who you can build around. It's great, but Philadelphia won nine games this year against teams with losing records, and won lost all eight against teams with winning records. Dallas, I mean, who knows? Year to year, I mean, are you going to believe in Mike McCarthy on a regular basis? He won't never know. Home. Washington is Washington, and uh, so the Giants have been a dumpster fire, but. I think that, you know, you've got 
you've got the fifth pick, the seventh pick. You can add some pieces really quickly, and and who knows? But uh, it'll be interesting to see who they ultimately get. Uh, I'm telling you, they're moving the, the, the net in the, in the Coyotes game. <laughs> no, this is serious. <laughs> All right. Kenny White going to come up, wrapped up the college football season with a winner. We will get some thoughts on, from Kenny next here on the Nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 